0: Hey everyone, it's your host, Brendan Kelso, law grad turned law firm marketing specialist, founder of LegalSites.com.au, and you're listening to the Better Law Firm Marketing Podcast. In this episode, we have a very special guest. We have Kate Toon. Now she's an award-winning entrepreneur, copywriting expert, digital marketing coach, business mentor, author, keynote speaker, podcaster, and she's British. So we'll go easy <laughs> on her. We're all good. No, we love the Brits. So she's going to uh, be talking to us about you know what she's all about. We'll talk about some quick wins for law firm SEO. And we'll talk about copywriting as well. It's a topic I probably haven't covered enough. A lot of law firms ask me about it. Why would you write a lot of stuff on your website? Who's reading it? Can you show your personality? Should law firms be doing it themselves or should they be outsourcing? And yeah, we'll probably crap on about a few other things. So <laughs> I think we're going to have a good time. So Kate, how was is, how is that intro? Did I Did I do you justice?
1: Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, when you start listing it out, I sound a bit obnoxious, don't I? But yeah, I've done a lot of things, but my you know, I started out as a as a copywriter. I was telling you before we started that many of my clients were small law firms and some big corporate law firms when I began. And all those questions are the questions that I've been asked time and time again. Are lawyers allowed to have personality on their website? We shall answer that today.
0: Oh, well, yeah. Well, hell, why don't we just get into it then? So <laughs> law firms, they either, I find their copywriting is either very very formal and legal or it is maybe on they might go to the extreme where they try to be really different and show some personality and be really quirky and, and all of that so how would you approach it
1: i think it's really important to get down to basics and really think about your values as a, as a business owner and as a business like what do you want to stand for in this world and what do you want to stand against you know um you know, like, do you want to be honest? Do you want to be knowledgeable? Do you want to be expert? I mean, most people want to be all of those things, but you have to kind of pick a few and make those your standards. Um, and are you quirky? Like if you're not quirky, if you're not funny, if you're not cool, don't pretend to be because it people see through it very easily. So thinking about your brand values and your brand personality and really being firm on those before you start. And unfortunately, often, you know, law firms will take on the kind of personality of the founder you know who may not be the the right necessary person to present the whole business and especially if you're growing from a one-person practice to a larger practice you know you need to come up with these sweeping brand values that are consistent no matter who is representing the brand and no matter where you are so brand values brand personalities where I always start establishing those and then trying to create some consistency across all marketing communications
0: Uh. So do you think that there should be a different style of copywriting on social media posts compared to website?
1: No, I think it should be the same wherever you are, you know. Uh, So, of course, there is a degree uh, you can talk about different topics on social media, possibly be slightly more playful, but the tone of voice should be consistent, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Instagram, whether it's your website, but also when I pick up the phone. So if you've got a really casual tone on your website, but then when I pick up the phone, you're like, hello, it's such and such and Sons," you know, there's a disconnect. It wants to be the same throughout? And that means, you know, generally trying to talk like a human. The biggest problem I had when writing copy for lawyers was the inability to translate what they were saying into normal human speak. Um, So I very rarely found people going too far the other way and being super wacky. They either came across as kind of ambulance chasey, no win, no fee, kind of we got your geezer kind of lawyers or stuffy, wigged, you know, tedium lawyers. And they found it very hard to be in between the two. And the best way to approach it, my little methodology was I called it the BDF methodology, which stands for preconceived beliefs deepest desires and darkest fears so you know in marketing that most people will do like you know customer avatars like this is this is charles he's 57 he drives a range rover he lives with his wife sue and they have a sausage dog called brendan you know and that doesn't tell us anything about charles really what we need to dig into is uh you know what are charles's preconceived beliefs about working with a lawyer What are his deepest desires about working with a lawyer and what are his darkest fears? So BDF works really well.
0: Mm, Yeah. I find that um, a lot of it's, I think it's really hard to uh, tackle those, those concerns that people have with law firms, because a lot of them are how much is this going to cost and how long is this going to take? Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, law firms don't have a clear answer for that. So no, I definitely, I hear where you're coming from there. And I guess you it's hard to get that balance though, showing some personality and being unique without sounding like an idiot sometimes yeah. and, and getting, yeah. And like, I I sort of, I mostly agree with what you say there, but I also think that when you're writing content for SEO and to get traffic and to get people to to read and to learn, I think that maybe you got to dial down a little bit of the the personality and maybe be a bit more specific and clearly address you know a a a keyword for example a question on Google like how do you feel about that
1: Yeah I don't think there's a compromise between the two I think conversational copy conversion copy can be SEO copy I mean that's that it, it's not easy to do well but it's very Possible and they're not two different disciplines. One thing I hate, you know, is when copywriters say, "Oh, I don't want to ruin my copy by SEOing it." And it's like, well, you know, you clearly don't understand SEO copywriting. So, as you said, you know, the BDF methodology would really help you with SEO because you're like, what are people's concerns about working with a lawyer? And as you said, it's usually time, uh, money or the fact they're going to be talked down to and it's going to be legalese. So therefore, that changes the keyword searches that people make. They're not just typing in Divorce Lawyer Sydney. They're typing in Friendly Divorce Lawyer Sydney. They're typing in Affordable Divorce Lawyer Sydney. And they come to the homepage and clearly you lawyers cost a certain amount. There's no two ways about that. It's, it is what it is, right? So you can address it without undermining yourself. You can go, we get it. We get it. You know, working with a lawyer can be an expensive business. And that's why we are utterly transparent about all our costings. We won't give you a quote until we fully understand your problems and your concerns. We'll keep you up to date with any budget changes and you'll never receive a bill that you didn't expect. Mm. And that's all you can promise. You can't put a price on it. You know, and the same with time. You know, we know that you're worried that this is going to drag on and on and on. We're going to do our best to make this happen quickly and efficiently as best as we can. We're going to keep you up to date on all the minds, milestones and let you know about anything that's going to cause a delay. You know, so it's not about making false promises or offering guarantees. It's about addressing the elephant in the room, acknowledging the elephant and explaining how you deal with the elephant.
0: Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a tough one. It's definitely hard uh, for law firms to address those issues, but it can definitely be done. Um, Mm. So how, okay, a, a question that I get a fair bit is, why do some law firm websites have so much information on them? Now, often, those websites, not all the time, but some of them are doing really well in the rankings. So why have so much information? And is anyone actually reading it?
1: Well, I think, you know, there's different types of content. You know, we talk about top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. And we also talk about conversion content and informational content. So conversion content is usually the your services pages on your site, talking about the different types of law you offer. You know, you're going to have some proof pages with testimonials and, 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 and you know, you're going to have some... Explanation content around how you work and your approach and profiles of your different lawyers. Those would all be considered like pages in your site, conversion focused, you know, you're trying to lead people towards a sale. But then lots of sites will have lots of informational content to try and get those top of funnel people who have a problem, but they're not quite decided yet on the solution. So maybe I'm thinking about divorcing my partner, but I'm worried about some ins and outs of it. Like how much does it cost to divorce someone? You know, how long do I have to be separated before I can divorce? Divorce laws in New South Wales, you know, prenups, how do they work? That kind of content can draw people in who aren't typing in, you know, Divorce Lawyer Sydney. So they're just much more, you know, investigational sort of level. But also it positions you as an authority. It builds trust. It shows that you know what you're talking about. That's the kind of post you're going to save. You're going to bookmark. You're going to send to a friend. And then when you do need a lawyer, when you're further down that funnel, you're no longer Tofu, you're Mofu or Bofu, you remember the brand that helped you in your hour of need.
0: Mm. Yeah, and if you're looking for a family lawyer, maybe clear that search history every now and
1: then. Is my wife wife cheating on me? Um, But like I worked with a brand Freedom Immigration. They do uh, visas, you know, legal visas applications, not law, but it's, it's close enough, you know. And when I was starting off, I was looking for just information about partner visas. And every time I searched, their result would be in the, top two or three and I just that after a while I was like these guys really know what they're talking about I didn't end up needing a lawyer for two years but then when I came to it I remembered them you know I'd bookmarked them or I just typed in lawyer and because I'd visited their site so many times before sorry immigration lawyer I'd visited their site so many times before Google automatically personalized the results and showed me them because it knew that I kind of had a bit of a relationship with them already so you know conversion can be a long game. You have to play the long game. And sometimes that long game starts with a lot of informational blog posts that look like they don't have much value now, but they're going to pay off later down the track.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so true. I'm sure you could relate to this, but I've had people become clients of mine that have been lurking in the shadows of my email list for more than a year. And that's okay. But I think, uh, you know, a lot of marketing is is about planning seats. It's about little bits like putting out a video that will get someone's attention and then they will come back to you every now and then whenever they're ready. And then one day they might become a paying client.
1: That's it. They used to say it took seven touch points for someone to go from a complete stranger to a customer. And I read the other day that it's now 27 touch points. (laughs) I don't know where they get these figures from or how on earth they measure it. But, you know, it's the yellow car syndrome. You know, like once you think about a yellow car, suddenly you see yellow cars everywhere. People will say the same of me that they do of you. Like I never heard of Kate Toon. And then all of a sudden you were everywhere, you know, because I was switched on to you. And that's literally how the algorithms work as well. You know, cooking and facebook profiling and all of that google and facebook know everything we've ever done they know every site we've ever been to even if we turn off the cookies it's terrifying so you're just getting into someone's consciousness and as you said yeah i had someone join my membership seven years seven years she'd been on my list but it took until she had the time the money and the opportunity for her to make that decision but she sat and she waited email marketing is another one right We think of spam emails and emails we want, but there's an email in between, which is like bacon. I call it bacon emails. I won't unsubscribe because I don't want you yet, but I know I will want you. And when I do want you, I'm damned if I'm going to remember your name. So that email that comes into my inbox every month just keeps me remembering who you are. And it's a slow burn, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, a lot of good points there, but I don't want to miss an important part, which is you touched on you know one of the people signing up for your membership so you do a lot of things so if you were at a barbecue or something and you're being sociable as people do if someone goes what do you do what, what how do you answer that
1: I say that my business is a collection of digital education companies. I teach copywriters how to be better copywriters. I teach people how to grapple the Google beast. And I also teach e-commerce store owners and small businesses how to use digital marketing to build a successful business on their own terms. Boom! It's my little USP. You
0: can see I've said
1: that a few times. And usually by that point, the person at the barbecue would have gone off to sort someone else. So the short version is, I'm a digital marketing mentor. I mean, that's what I say. You know, as you said, I've done podcasts, events, memberships, courses, you name it, I've done it. Um, Some things I've kept going and other things I've let go by the wayside. So I don't have any physical clients anymore. Physical clients, what does that mean? I don't have any clients. I don't offer a service anymore. All of my income comes from courses and memberships and, and resources.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what's like the biggest, biggest part of your business?
1: It was my SEO course, so that used to be about 60% of my income, which was very nerve-wracking because I only launch it three days a year, three separate occasions. So to earn that much of my revenue based on three launches was too much. So over the last three years, I've moved it to be kind of a third of my business, already a quarter. So a quarter comes from the SEO, a quarter comes from my copywriting membership and a quarter comes from my digital marketing, and then the final quarter is made up of influencer deals, sponsorship, speaking fees, books, and all the other bits and bobs.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. So, like, what was the, what like sparked the move where you decided I don't want to have, <laughs> I don't want clients anymore. I'm going to take this online, and we're going to scale this.
1: I think you know it's about six years in, and I had reached the peak of what I could charge as a copywriter. So I, you know, I only had. 20 hours a week to work I put my rate up and up and up Um, and then it was getting to the point where brands like Telstra were going oh hang on that's a bit more than we thought and I knew I'd reached some kind of ceiling and I was earning decent income but it was going to be capped there was no way I could go higher and I didn't want to have employees at that point so I didn't want to have other copywriters working for me I tried it but I just would rewrite everything they wrote so then I started to think you know I started to I'm doing air fingers for the listeners but passive income you know how could I not necessarily make money while I sleep although that's nice but change my one-to-one model to a one-to-many model like if I'm writing copy for this one person couldn't I make a template that I could sell to 100 people. And that's where I started. I made a deck, a website copy deck template. I think it was about $15 back then. Now it's about 40. And I've sold that maybe three, 4,000 times now. So that one document was what started it. I got that little PayPal ping. I got addicted to the dopamine hit. And the rest is history.
0: (laughs) I can only imagine. Yeah, my girlfriend's always on to me about doing things like that. Like, you know, selling, I, yeah, I guess I could do a course on um, how small law firms can kind of do this SEO thing themselves, for example. Yeah, you like so this,
1: should. There's yeah. just
0: so many things I could do. I'm just, yeah, so buried with work right now. Like, what do you and do? It a you big just,
1: transition. It was a big transition.
0: Tell, you just tell all your clients to bugger off and <laughs> go on the doll yeah. for a, a year or something.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's, it's a really important question, actually, because. There is always going to be compromise. So I did the the big shift really happened in about two thousand and sixteen. My son had gone to school; he was about six or seven, and that year was really hard. I'm not going to deny it. You know, like um, I'm actually that's what my, I'm writing a book about it at the moment uh, of how that struggle to be a parent and to run a business and also keep have clients and try and be building essentially another business while you have clients. So it was a really hard year. I did take a fifty percent hit in income that year. So I didn't drop any existing clients, but I didn't take on any new ones. That was really scary because I'd got used to a certain level of income and it was a gamble. But then the next year, my income went up to 200%, like it was a massive leap forward. Um, you know, and I just could not believe it. And that wasn't it wasn't easy. It was very, very challenging, um, very challenging on my family and on me personally. And, and if I did it again, I would give myself a longer lead time. Because I tried to do like a hairpin turn from here to there, I should have taken a bit more of a lazy arc. But yeah, it was it was a compromise. It paid off. It doesn't pay off for everybody, but I think you just have to be patient. You know that SEO course now has probably earned me about three and a half million in the last six years, and you know that started with me making twenty videos at 10 o'clock at night while my son was asleep, you know, but I've evolved it and evolved it and evolved it. And I stuck with it even when it went, you know, I did one launch and I think only like four people bought it. And I was like, it's doomed, but I just launched again, you know, so yeah. you have to keep going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you've got something good and you're you're helping people, then yeah, you'll win yeah, eventually. That's it. And a lot of law firms are, uh, well, some, not many, but some law firms are now actually thinking about, Digital products and they're they're selling templates and you know contracts and I think that's really smart. It, it's uh, it's it's just a lot more scalable. So we do need to talk about SEO. I did promise that at the start of the podcast. <laughs> what this we could talk forever about this. Let's be honest, but we could. Let's just think. You know, small law firm. Let's just say, I don't know, one to five lawyers. It's pretty typical, and you've got. One location, you're serving a specific geographical geographical region, generally, but you might serve clients throughout the state if you get them. But we're just sort of picturing, a, a, you know, the the standard size law firm. What are some of the the quick wins they can they can do right now without hiring someone like me, for example?
1: <laughs> <laughs> How not to hire Brendan? Yeah, um, I think you know obvious opportunity is google business previously called google my business setting up a decent profile listing out your services and working hard to get some testimonials on there google says that testimonials don't improve your ranking but they i really think they do um so you know working really hard on google business because it's free you can put products and offers and all sorts on there you can answer questions it's amazing um You know, I think you really do need to have a decent website. So you may have to hire Brendan. I'm sorry. You do need to have a really good website because even if, you know, in those early days, most of your clients are going to come from friends, friends of friends, work colleagues, and word of mouth recommendation. You know, you did a great job for me. I told my friend Bob. But Bob, what's the first thing Bob's going to do? He's going to Google you and he's going to go to your website. And if there's a picture of you at your cousin Kevin's wedding As the main picture on the homepage, and you can see Kevin's armpit. You know, it's not going to cut it, you know? Decent photography and decent brands, some clear copy. If you don't have a personality, either hire someone who does have a personality or just keep it straightforward. As you said, at the end of the day, I'm not coming to a lawyer expecting to be entertained. I'm coming to a lawyer to expect to get great service, to get clarity, to get things done efficiently and for as little as possible. I don't need to be laugh out loud. If that happens, fantastic, but it's not my primary goal. So I think it's clarity, clear website. And then after that, I think, you know, don't underestimate, it's not, doesn't sound like SEO, but everything is SEO. Don't underestimate going to business networking meetups, you know, making connections with local businesses, partnering with local businesses, because, you know, what do I do when I go to Google? You may think I'm going to type in far and far for far and Sons legal practice. I'm not. I'm going to type in your name because I met you and you were nice and I remember your name. I won't remember the name of your business probably because all lawyers sound the same, you know, just like all copywriters sound the same. So personal connections, driving your name and then, you know, trying to get your brand to rank, your brand name and your personal name to rank.
0: Yeah, okay. A lot of good points there. So Google Business Profile, what would be the, what's the low-hanging fruit there? What What's actually going to help them rank in that top three?
1: I think not being too greedy with your location area, you know, I see people choosing all of Australia, keeping it super tight, you know, keeping it very local, better to be a big fish in a small pond than be a, you know, an an invisible fish in a giant pond. So keeping it small, taking time to fill out everything, you know, your opening hours, your services, services, I think really important, writing really great service descriptions getting decent testimonials most people read reviews from other people they have huge power Um, and also there's an ability on google my business where you can ask questions um, and answer them and you can be a bit artful with that so you can get a mate to ask you a question like hey brendan do you make really affordable websites for legal businesses why yes yes i do thank you for asking you know you can use that a little bit having a phone number having the messenger function turned on and being active on it, responding to all the reviews and having decent photographs of the exterior of your business, as many photos as you like, having some pictures of yourself, just comprehensiveness, and then maybe making a little rule with yourself that once a week you will check your Google business profile, you will answer any reviews, you might add a product or a service, just keeping it, you know, making the best use of it.
0: Yeah, okay. So do you think the reviews help to improve your ranking?
1: I do. I do. I mean, look, even if you are not number one, but you are number three, but you have 10 times more reviews than number one and number two, I'm going to click your one. I just am, you know? And it doesn't need to be a perfect five-star rating. There's actually kind of... Usability studies showing that four point nine is more believable than five because five, you know, four point nine and a hundred reviews is better than eight five reviews because eight five reviews you just asked your mates a hundred reviews, it, it's the net is so much wider, you know. But it's also how you respond to those reviews, even the negative ones in a classy way that can really help. The first thing I do when I go and Google anything is look at the one star review. Don't you, Brendan? I really want to see what the one star review says. Mm. Um, And then I might look at the two star, but I also look at how the business responded to the negative review.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Google doesn't really give us a lot of clear information about ranking factors. We kind of have to figure it out ourselves based on what seems to be working, but click through rate, Generally is is quite influential with especially with with your website, but also with Google My Business, you, Google Business Profile. God, they're always changing the. They're
1: always products. changing it. it. Was Google oh, Local? Yeah, click through is really important, I and mean, you also have to understand that there's two types of local search. So there's the local search that generates the local pack, and that is purely driven by your Google Business Profile. But then there's also local organic search, which is driven by content on your website. So you know maybe you've got a blog post about. You know, the ten best places in Wollongong, and that's helped you rank for lawyer Wollongong. It doesn't seem like it would, but it but it will. But I there think are, a lot of people your
0: British accent just poke through there. Wollongong. Wollongong.
1: How would you say Wollongong? We, call Wollongong.
0: It, we say Wollongong.
1: Wollongong. Okay, sorry. Yeah. All
0: the Amer- <laughs> All the Americans are like, What? Yeah, no. Anyway, <laughs> like anyway Edinburgh.
1: sorry. Edinburgh.
0: No, no, I'm sorry.
1: My British accent coming out. So yeah, I think it's, you know, you need to think about that. But I think as well, local search is really important. A lot of people will want to physically meet with their lawyer. So they will be putting location based keywords in. And if you're getting a lot of location key searches, you're going to guarantee that a lot of those are on mobile. So mobile responsiveness is super important. How does your site look on a mobile device? How easy is it to use? How easy is it to fill your contact form? Classic problem with lawyer sites is their contact form has 27 fields. And it's like, you know, every field you add reduces the chance of your form being filled in by 50%. It's a made up statistic, but I think it's true. Um, you're just trying to get people on the phone. You're not going to sell from that form or your website, you, all you want to do is get qualified-ish leads on the phone. So you need their name, you need their phone number, and you need their problem. You do not need their, you know, their website address, their inside leg measurement, how they find found you, what they want, you know, where are they at at the stage of things, what's their budget. You don't need all of that. That's you have to, you know, that's something that you would deal with on the telephone. So remember that your website is a trust tool. It is a brand building tool, it is an information tool, and it's a lead generator. So don't put boundaries in front of people, you know, giving you the lead basically.
0: Mm. Yeah, you can't underestimate the power of a user-friendly website to no. grow your SEO. It's one of the Absolutely. most important elements of SEO. If you have a website that loads fast, that is formatted well, it's readable, you can easily navigate, you don't go to you know 403 forbidden pages. Like yeah. if everything is, there's no perfect website always. We've got to work on it, don't we? But yeah. a, a functional website that people enjoy using and they come back to, Google will reward you. For that.
1: Absolutely, Google will reward you. Customers, it's it's. I would say your website is without doubt your most important business asset, and yet I feel that people do not invest the time and money in it, or they delegate it to Maureen on the front desk. You know, it it should be the role of the the head person at your business to be checking in on that website at least once a week is it working I had a client who's was like I'm getting no leads I'm getting no leads it's gone on for months and I'm like you know check their site their contact form was broken you know like what are you doing this is such a powerful tool It is working for you you know Jeff Bezos says your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room right someone right now is looking at your website what are they thinking about you you know, you are probably not the best judge of that. You need some third party to come in and be really honest with you and say, it sucks. You're overly formal. Your pictures are awful. That brutalness is going to save you and elevate you above your competitors. And that's all that we want from our marketing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. No, you really do need to hire someone who's gonna, (laughs) who's going to be honest with you. But yeah, no, I think when we when we get an external party to have a look at our website they will see things that we did not see because oh, we're just you know we've got blinders on i think uh, but you you touched on a few things there the contact form not working properly i will we will have to wrap this up really soon but i think it's important to get the basics right isn't it the mm-hmm. basics really that's where most of the wins are i i do probably simplify things a bit um on my pod and in my content but i'm always saying can people contact you through the website? Like, do, do the buttons work? When you click a button, does it does it call the office? Is that c- the correct phone number? Is the link correct for the phone number? Does it the contact so, form sounds work?
1: sounds so stupid, but it's... So many sites I look at. It's not the pointy end. It's not the super sophisticated marketing tactics. They've not even got the basics right. You know, their site takes twenty three seconds to load. The phone number is the phone number, but it's answered by some random person. Their Google business profile has the wrong address on it or wrong picture. It's the basics that ninety percent of businesses are getting wrong, um, or you know, or that the you know you hit the homepage and the copy is just so boring that you just leave straight away. So I think, you know, people don't look at SEO and don't look at marketing because they think it's going to be really hard, really technical. They're going to have to be so cutting edge. No, you're not competing with the entire world and you're not competing with the huge corporate law firms because the person who wants a huge corporate law firm, that isn't your ideal client. I don't want to work with the big fat lawyers. I want to work with the small company where I feel I'm going to get personal attention so all you need to be is better than the three other lawyers in your town that's all you need to be and their step contact form doesn't work so you're already winning you know
0: <laughs> well I, I could probably talk to you for another 30 minutes but I think <laughs> uh most most uh, gyms will have a 30 minute limit on the treadmill so most people are finishing up <laughs> their workouts now so we will wrap this up but Kate if someone wants to and stalk you online how do they get started
1: well hopefully i'm pretty good at seo so if you type kate toon into google you'll either find a dentist in ipswich in the uk or you'll find me and then you can you know look at my site and go off onto the various other sub businesses courses and resources
0: and you're probably sending a lot of work to that dentist
1: that dentist does so well out of me i tell you
0: the dentist was like, I think I'm going to learn some SEO. I'm just going to take, let's just take advantage I'm of it. I'm going this. to
1: learn dentistry. I'm not very good at it, but I'm trying.
0: Oh, it can't be that hard. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. So, yeah, Kate, thank you so much for your time today. Everybody listening right now, go and check out the links in this episode description. Go and stalk Kate. Uh, don't stalk the dentist. And I'll wrap this up, Kate, and I'll we'll, uh, I'll give you a... I'll have a quick chat after this um, just to see how everything went. But yeah, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks, Brendan. Great to talk to you.